Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, candidateclub.com interview training founder, and your host of the job interview experience. We're going to kick things off with the celebration of Davil O'Brien getting a job after listening to the job interview experience. Here's Davil O'Brien's Apple review. Absolutely a must listen. I got a job after listening. This has been an absolutely amazing experience for me. After listening to all of these capsules full of rich and insightful information, I was able to land my dream job. What was crazy is that I found you 12 days ago. I remembered and apply a lot of the techniques and ways to conduct the conversation, use all my notes and research to give accurate descriptions and respond to all the questions correctly in a smart manner. I couldn't be more grateful for all your knowledge, for what you do to the world and others. From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, Brian. I guess the name is Brian, not Davil A. Brian. Brian, congratulations, and thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for leaving an Apple review. It does help out the podcast. If others hadn't left Apple reviews, you probably wouldn't have found the podcast. Thank you so much. Congratulations. For the listener, you too can leave a review. How has the job interview experience helped you so far? Leave an Apple review and let everyone know. I am excited for today's episode because it's going to be different. Thank you to everyone that joined the live Q&A on YouTube. It was a success and I'm going to do it again. Today's episode is a replay of the YouTube live Q&A. We dig into some really good stuff here. The bad news is that we did have one naughty person come into the live chat to say some Let's just say not professional stuff. I figured out how to remove this person from the live chat. I think YouTube is just full of trolls. Anyway, this person immediately gave the live stream a thumbs down because I wouldn't allow that kind of language. You can either listen to the Q&A here on the podcast or head over to YouTube and watch the video. Even if you listen on the podcast, would you mind help making things right? by going to the YouTube link that's at the top of this episode's description and giving it a thumbs up to undo that thumbs down. 
it's disheartening for me to put all the prep time into this Q&A and then the hour and a half of being live to have a troll hurt the YouTube video rating. If you can do that right now before you forget, I would love you forever. However, good always triumphs and it was a ton of fun and a huge success. I, I loved talking to listeners live. Okay, here we go. Let's move to the question and answer session. Thanks everyone for joining and enjoy. So this is from Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Thanks for hopping on. Joanne says, hi, Matthew. I listened to most of your podcasts. That's awesome. Thank you, which are very helpful. Thank you so much. Would you please share some interview preparation for the second interview? Thank you. So probably the biggest thing for your second interview is actually for the end of your second interview. That's when you can open up with more questions. What I've talked about on the podcast, and you've probably heard this before, but for everyone watching, during your first interview, you really want to keep your questions to a minimum. You do need to get the information that you require to move forward. But I would say probably two to three questions would be best. Two questions is fine. One question is also fine. Zero questions is really bad. So for your second interview, that's when you can start digging in and ask some of those questions that maybe you had during your first interview, but you just weren't quite ready to answer or you, you knew it wasn't time yet. So with those questions, not only can you ask a couple more, I try and keep it under five, anything more than that. It's going to get a little intense, I would say. You don't want to seem interrogative. So with those questions that you can now ask during your second interview, you can dig deeper as well. So it's not just more questions, but you can ask more in-depth questions. I'm, I'm trying to think of examples here. First interview, maybe you're just asking, you know, what's your timeline like? What are you looking for in this position? Second interview, you can start talking about, you know, who else? How many people are in this department? Who's the manager? Uh, you know, where would I be? More specific questions about what does the day-to-day -day look like? Stuff like that. If you have any more, if you want me to get more specific, please just type in into this box here. But uh, so questions would be the first thing for a second interview that's going to be a lot different than a first interview. Second interview, I think another thing that you can do is let your personality shine even a little bit more. First interview, it's probably good to be a little more guarded and just not, you know, not go on and on and on about yourself and the non-professional side of things, unless you're asked. So second interview, be very careful with the jokes, but it's probably a little more okay to uh, make a joke Something professional, something that maybe has to do with you or your resume, maybe a job you had, keep it light. But this is time to show your personality. You can also talk about yourself and humanize yourself a little bit more during your second interview. So, say, you know, you can say what you did that uh, day before, what you've been up to. People usually ask, you know, how's your week been, this or that. Maybe you had a family event, maybe you took your dog on a walk, maybe you went hiking, whatever it is. Uh, you can start integrating that into your responses a little bit more during the second interview. It's actually good to do. You want to humanize yourself. And some interview prep says the opposite of this, but I completely disagree. We are humans and we work with other humans. Your other coworkers, of course, are humans, maybe a couple of robots, but you want to humanize yourself. Say what you do, say what you do for fun. Let them know who you are. You're going to be working together. And you might say some stuff that actually kind of clicks. You might say, well, last weekend I I you know went here and hiked this trail, or I went skiing here, or uh, watched my favorite TV series. Be careful here, nothing too weird. 
But add to that. Let them know who you are. If all you are is what's on that resume, just the professional experience, that doesn't, that's like, you know, 10% of who you really are. Just the job stuff, just, just the skills. So go beyond that. This does take some forethought because you, you don't want to get risky. You don't want to say, uh, you know, I spent the whole weekend at the bars or I spent the whole weekend hanging out with my family who I can't stand or, you know, my in-laws or whatever. So keep it professional, keep things that kind of highlight you especially if you did volunteer work, if you did anything good or active, that's great stuff to say during your second interview. Joanne, do you have anything I can get more specific on? Here's a good one for your second interview. You'll see stuff online, and maybe I've talked about that closing your interview. I should probably dig into this more on the podcast. Closing, asking for the job. You don't want to do that during your first interview because they're not going to offer you the job on most first interviews. For some uh, entry-level jobs, sometimes, yeah, they can say, hey, yeah, you can start tomorrow. Most jobs, they're going to write an offer. They're going to expect you to put in a two weeks notice, especially if you're currently employed. So uh, at the second interview, it'd be a good time to start kind of pushing towards the job. And a way to do that, this would again be towards the end of the interview, would be saying things like, you know, based on my experience in our conversations, what is our next step? Or you've seen my resume and now we've gotten a chance to communicate a couple of times. My skills align with this job I have. I know I have what you're looking for. So I wanted to see what our next steps are and if we can move towards placing me in this job. I'm excited to get started and actually get to work. Joanne, I hope that helped. I'd love to go deeper. That's a big question, but those are three things. So let me review that and make sure that I can remember. The first would be asking questions. You can ask more questions during your second interview, and you can also ask deeper questions. Second one would be letting your personality shine a little bit more and let some of your personal, not personal, personal, but just personal life, what you do for fun, what your your healthy, active hobbies are, let that shine through. Let them get to know you. Even if you don't think they'll like you, if you show, share some of who you are, if you say, hey, I was at the Renaissance Fair dressed up as a pirate or a Viking or whatever all weekend, and they say, oh, that's really weird. You don't want to work with them anyway. So let some of that through, and then I just saw your next message. Number third thing I said was, uh, oh, yeah, sell yourself a little bit more during that second interview. And when I say sell yourself, I mean ask for the job. Don't push too hard because there's, pro- there's probably going to be interview three and interview four, but push for that a little bit harder. Ask for it or ask what the next steps are. Joanne says, I'm applying for a tax associate associate position in the public accounting firm. They did ask me questions half the time during the second interview. I have more uh, interviews coming up. So I need glasses, Joanne. Let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger without leaning in. I'm applying for a tax associate position in a public accounting firm. They did ask me to ask questions half of the time during the interview. That's awesome. I have more interviews coming up next week. Any firm that asks you to engage... That's, that's, first of all, that's a good sign. They, they're basically saying, you know, get involved with this, interact with us. Let's not just make this a one-way conversation. So that's a great sign. I think that they like you and they wanted to get to know you better. So uh, good for you and good for them. Thanks for getting on, John. I hope you stick around. Would love to get more questions. That's what we're doing here, everybody. If you have questions about your interview, your resume, uh, applying, uh, offers, anything like that. Uh, just type it in the box here. And even if it's just Joanne and I, the entire time, I'm going to ask 
all of your questions, help any way I can. But uh, first, I'm going to have a sip. This is soda water, not an alcoholic beverage. This is like, it's basically LaCroix. It's just the off-brand LaCroix with like one-third the price. I think it's better. The bubbles are just different. So uh, I'm going to be talking a lot. i got to stay hydrated. So thank you, Joanne. I hope you keep listening to the podcast. I hope you keep asking questions. If I don't answer your question on here, uh, you probably know how to get a hold of me through the job interview experience website. The link to that is in this episode's description. There's a contact form. So when you get your awesome job and your awesome job offer, please let me know. But in the meantime, ask away here or ask at the job interview experience.com. Actually it's job. Yeah. It's not the job interview experience.com, just job interview experience.com. I couldn't afford the job part for the job interview experience.com. So it's kind of a win-win shorter web address. And I was able to buy it. Joanne, I'm so glad you asked another question. I'm glad you're still here. Hi, Matthew. How do you answer the interview question? What will you do in the first 30 days when you start to work? I love your question. I love that question. Uh, The first place to start would actually be to say that you will ask questions. I think a perfect response, and I'm probably going to stumble through this a little bit, but something like in my first 30 days, my biggest focus will be to ask questions and be humble. I I do know how to do a lot of this job based on my previous experience, if that's true for you. By being humble, I won't be afraid to ask questions and say that I'm not sure how to do something. By being curious, I will ask those questions because doing this job right is important to me. That's my biggest focus. Be humble, ask questions. I don't want to answer for you. Another thing would be take notes, write things down. Be humble, ask questions. I'll also be taking notes so that I can review that. And this would be a place where you could put a joke. You could say, no, I'm not going to write down every word that's said to me, but I am going to write down the important things that stand out so I can review that. And although I'll be asking questions by taking notes, I will uh, help save some people time and not repeat things as I navigate the first 30 days. Specific to the job you're applying to, the Fourth part of this would be ideas that you have. I can't, I can't create this for you, but I'll I'll give an example. So, if you really want to stand out, I think this next part would be the the best part. As you would uh, let me think. Okay, so an accounting job. I don't really know accounting software. I know Intuit makes a lot of accounting software. So let's say that this new firm uses Intuit, and the last firm just used a, an Excel sheet, which uh, is probably a reality for some people. So you would say, I. Uh, in my first 30 days, actually, I've, I've already prepped. So before day one, uh, I'm going to take this course at Intuit.com to get certified in Intuit QuickBooks Accounting 1. So basically, what I'm saying is you have a game plan. And if you, when you're asked that question, have a plan of not just the questions and stuff like that. Have a plan of what you're already ready to do. So in my first 30 days, I'm going to take before I start my first 30 days, I'm going to take this certification course on QuickBooks, do a walkthrough in their accounting software, and we'll just say a book, right? And I'll, I'm also going to read this book, Accounting for uh, Total Expert. And so when you say, hey, I know you're going to have stuff for me to do in the first 30 days, but I've already thought this through, and I already have a plan for these two things that I'm going to do before I start. 
that's going to stand out a lot. You're ready to hit the ground running. You're not even ready to hit the ground running. You're already running. You're, you're going to start running once you get there. So let me see if I can review those. What are you going to do in your first 30 days? Uh, first thing I'm going to do is ask questions. I'm going to ask questions so that I can avoid mistakes and do the best job possible. And what's important along with the questions is I'm going to be humble. And when the humbleness, I guess, adds to the question. So I'm not going to be afraid to ask things to make sure what I do is accurate and that it aligns with what your requirements are. And then third, I'm actually prepped up for this job. I can't wait to start. So I've already found out that I can enroll for this QuickBooks onboarding class. Uh, so I'm ready to dig into that now. I will probably do that when I get home today. And also, I have this book that uh, the manager that I interviewed with last time recommended called uh, Accounting for the Top Coolest Experts on Earth. So I'm going to read that book and get up to speed on that before I get started. So not only am I ready to start, I, you know, I can't wait to get started, but I actually have a game plan in mind alongside what you ask me to do so that we can get moving and get to work as fast as possible and be effective at your company. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joanne, I hope that wasn't too much of a rambling, but um, I hope that helps. That, that's, I think that would be what to, the top candidates that I've interviewed, they have answers like that. They know more or as much about how to get started th as I do as the interviewer. And with your specific industry, I'm sure you have some ideas now that are better than my dumb book that I came up with but ways to get up to speed so that you're ready to go. And they don't have to be the biggest things in the world, right? You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to completely reorganize everything in the first day or this or that. But just having a game plan will help you stand out from other uh, Another question from Joanne, and then we're going to get to Kelly. Joanne, thank you, Matthew. Another question, describe yourself in three words. I love this question. I just, I do big brothers, big sisters. Um, I've, I've been a big brother to the same kid who is 16 now. We've been big brother, big sister for nine years. And we just did this game. A good way for both of us to go back and forth. It's a good way to hear how people see themselves. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, obviously, I can't answer it for you. If you want me to get in kind of the interview coaching side for an accountant, I would say a mix of personality traits and then some things that apply to accounting. 
So we'll start with something that applies to account. Three words to describe yourself. You could say accurate. That might sound a little uh, not humble. So you could say detail-oriented. And this is where you could put in a joke to kind of lower the tension in your view. You could say detail-oriented. And then you could say, does that only leave one response left for me? Right? Stuff like that. that's a good That's a good joke to have. So uh, detail-oriented would be good for an accountant. I'm just going to throw some words at you. I don't want you to use these because I said them, but these are some things that would would sound good. Detail-oriented, and then I'd say committed is good. So I don't think you have to say this out loud, but that to me, that would mean committed to the job, so you're not jumping around a lot, right? Committed to this job and doing a great job. Also committed to you know coming in every day. And you can say this, I'm committed to coming in every day with a positive attitude, being on time, it's a skill of mine. And then three words, describe yourself. And then I, I would put something personal in here, whether that be enthusiastic, you might not be enthusiastic, whether that be family oriented, the right employer, that's important. Family oriented and health, you know, healthy, active, stuff like that. I hope that helps. That's hard to answer because that's, that's you, right? This is your answer to make for yourself. I would say maybe two professional points and then one personal is the right way to go. Um, you know, you, obviously you don't want to get too personal. You don't want to say detail-oriented, uh, committed, and sad. That would not probably, I don't know, that, that would not go over super well. So uh, something active or healthy. One thing to avoid is don't do anything cringy. So, you know, don't, when I say cringy, I mean, I'm trying to think of, something that would not go over well. You don't, you don't want to sound like you're trying to fluff yourself. So you don't want to say, oh, you know, I, I give to the hungry, my heart breaks for this and this, and I only give I only give without receiving. Avoid something like that. Okay, Kelly, thank you for waiting. Hi, Matthew, miss, listened to most of your podcasts. Thank you. Sorry, I'm the road in the car listening and had to pull over to ask a question. I, too, am going into a second interview this week. Kelly. I'm going to assume that you weren't here when I answered Joanne's question about second interviews. So what I'll do is I'm going to start giving you some of the advice I gave Joanne for her second interview. And then if you have a question that gets a little deeper into this about your situation or what you're, what's on your mind, just type that in and then I will answer that as well. But for Joanne, I'm, I'm sorry, I have, I'm really, my memory's bad, like going back to what I just said. But uh, for Joanne, second interview, what's different for a second interview than for a first interview? For a second interview, the first thing is that you can ask more questions. So during your first interview, you want to avoid asking a lot of questions. The recruiter or whoever's calling you is probably calling a couple people. They don't want to answer your super deep questions because they don't even know if they're going to move forward with you. So first interview, one, two questions. I would say just do two max. Second interview is where you can dig deeper and ask some of these questions that are on your mind and probably important to you to figure out if you want to move forward with them or not. Because you have to figure this. This isn't just about the company deciding if they like you or not. You have to decide if this is the right thing for you. So second interview, first thing, you can ask more questions. Second thing, you ask deeper questions. What's your timeline for onboarding? What are your priorities for this position? The company has maybe multiple positions that are like this. You could say, what are some character traits of your top performers? Or what are some character traits of the best people that are in this position? Dig deeper. I guess you could, you could take something like, what, what's the manager's management style? 
or if you're going to be in a manager role, you could say what management, what management style do you prefer here? What works best with your company culture? And then number three was uh, letting your personality shine a little bit more. Uh, during your first interview, you can be yourself and, you know, give, give your, be yourself, give your answers, but you don't want to dig too deep into expressing yourself and, and all that stuff. Because again, the first interview, the best first interviews are short and kind of you're giving them the information to decide whether they want to go to the second interview and kind of dig into that. So second interview is when you can start saying stuff about yourself, about your life, obviously keep it professional, but express things, you know, if they say, you know, how are you, how has your week been? You can say, Oh, you know, I went for, you know, I drove two hours and did a hike here. I took my dog for a walk. I'm passionate about dogs. You can say I went to the animal shelter and volunteered or um, the other thing I said to Joanne is, you have to be really careful here. You don't want to be super, you don't want to get super weird into this, right? You don't want to say your weirdest hobbies if you have them. But you could say something like, oh, I spent my entire weekend at the Renaissance Fair dressed up like a, or dressed up as someone from the year 14. If, you know, if you get a reaction from them where they're like, that's, that's really weird. You probably don't want to work there because they're, they're jerks and they think they're, you might have someone say, oh, uh, I was there too. Uh, I, you know, I probably didn't see you in your costume. So let a little bit of that shine. Let them know who you are. I'm trying to think of bad examples. You know, you might not want to be like, oh, you know, I, I spent the weekend in tears because of a funeral. That's fine. And that's something that you might share with coworkers. Why I wouldn't say sharing something too personal like that is it's kind of damp dampens the moment i just had a funeral of a good friend two week two weekends two weeks ago so don't think that i don't um i don't empathize but it kind of it as so as a person on the other side of the table interviewing that's really hard to know how to respond to you know what you say oh i'm you know oh i'm so sorry you can say that's the right response but it can just be awkward and maybe i'm just not good at knowing what to say then or like the maybe i'm not good at knowing the right thing to say but Again, so something that you do that's professional, not too weird. You have really weird hobbies. Keep those aside. But something like the Renaissance Fair, volunteering at the animal shelter, whatever, would be the, let that personality shine. If you have a family, you know, if you spent the entire weekend with your kids, say that. Say, you know, say that you're into the family or you're, you know, you were with your cousin or your sister, or your brother. Let them know what's important to you. And if they seem like that's silly, then that's their problem. If if that clicks with them, they're going to know that you're their type of person. Okay. So, uh, Kelly, I'm going to get back to your question. Yes, I hear a lot of that. And that is great. One of the things I was told, as it says, a high profile, important position with a lot of stress. How do I ask or figure out if that's their interpretation of stress, stress sense, or something that I would be used to? So I'm going to read through that again. This text is super small. I'm sorry that I'm struggling to read it. So Kelly said, Yes, I did hear a lot of that, and that is great. I'm glad you heard it, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, one of the things I was told, as it says, high-profile, important information. So you're learning high-profile, important information with a lot of stress. How do I ask or figure out if that's their interpretation of stress or something I would be used to? I love this question. I'm excited to answer it already. So a couple of things. If they say it's stressful, take their word for it. Also know what stresses you out. I'm guessing at a tax firm, a big part of the stress is going to be during tax season. So every, I, I don't know what type of work you do as an accountant, but I'm just broad strokes here. Oh, almost all the work comes in, you know, during a very small time frame. I'm guessing it's if this is a type of 
tax firm that I'm talking about. It's going to be a super busy season for them. So that is stress. Take their word for it. And so then how do you ask? How do you ask what their interpretation is? I wouldn't use the word interpretation. I would ask for some examples. And if stress is not good for you, I would say, you know, maybe don't look at this job. I personally like stress. That's actually where I thrive is having a ton of pressure and stuff to do. So I'm different. I would say, yeah, that's the job for me. How do you navigate this question? Let's get into that. During your next interview, you could say on this application, or I was told wherever you found out that this is a high stress position. And I would put something in here to soften that up so you don't seem freaked out. This is a high stress position. You could say, hey, I'm excited to get to work and keep busy. That's my personality. That's great. But then say, can you please give me some examples of what that, what that would mean at your firm? What does a high-stress situation look like at your firm? Do you have any examples or situations just so I can have a better idea of this? And this might be something, Kelly, that you want to practice beforehand so you can say it the right way. The wrong way to say it would be like, oh, I, I saw that this you know, is a high-stress position. Like, How high of stress? Like, you know, what, what would I be getting myself into? They're going to know instantly that uh, that's probably too much stress. So again, if you don't like high stress, I would encourage you to think really deeply about applying. I appreciate this company letting you know that because some companies might just dump that on you. You want to make sure this is the right company for you, but it's also part of your responsibility to make sure you're the right person for them. I'm done assuming that you like stress or don't like stress. I just wanted to throw that out there. Make sure it's right for both parties. And then Kelly said, also, I'm interviewing for a high-level VP at a university as his exec, exec assistant and several more roles. I would like to know if we are compatible. What questions can I ask? Ah, I love these. First of all, congratulations. That's awesome. Interviewing at a job that sounds awesome and, and sounds like something that you'd be good at. So I guess my question for you would be, and you don't have to respond because I know you're in the car, but my question for you would be is, have you interviewed with this person that you would be working as the exec VP for? Have you met this person? So then, so the first thing would be, have you met? Them? And then the next question would be, are you able to meet them? And you don't have to respond because I'll kind of cover both. You'll be able to meet this person. Then so let's assume that you're either able to meet him or you're able to ask someone about him that knows him well. So then you would you could ask questions like, Describe the perfect exec assistant. What does an executive assistant, what does an executive, an awesome executive assistant do? What does an awesome executive assistant not do? What are things that a great executive assistant would know to do without you asking? How has or would a great executive, executive assistant learn to function best based on your management preference or your preference. Sorry, I keep touching my face. I have like a, a weird hair piece of fuzz. Kelly, Kelly, I hope those help. So Kelly says, uh, no, she's meeting uh, this person at the second interview. So you, you're going to be reading him, and he's definitely going to be reading you. Just figure out if you're the right type. He might like really friendly um, people. He might like really cold and, you know, yes, no answer. If you've, Kelly, if you've done any research on reading body language and mirroring, those are two things I'd, I'd Google. So mirroring is 
learning how to behave like the person that you're sitting across. And you don't want to give a false impression of yourself. I say, I would say be yourself. But we also learn how to adjust ourselves around the people around. I'll do that. I don't think it's a bad thing, but also you want to be yourself. You don't want to, you know, fake who you are. But I would say go in and try and read how he interacts with you and kind of even his body language. So like I'm using my hands a lot right now. He has both of his hands on the table the entire time. Really serious. I'd say do the same thing. He's has his hand on his chin. Try and do the same thing. That will, that will help him feel comfortable with you. And if nothing else, it'll help you get better answers out of him. So again, some of those questions that I said that I'm already forgetting, uh, ask him things like, what, what does the perfect executive assistant know to do without you asking? Another way to ask that would be like, what does the perfect executive assistant do? How, how do they make your life easier without you needing them to do that? You could say, what are the character traits of the best person that you've had work for you? You could say, what are some things that, this is a fine question to ask. Say, hey, what are some things that you'd like to avoid in, in the next person that you have uh, in this role? Kelly, I, thank you for being so dedicated that you are doing this in the car. Uh, you made my day. I hope you're still here, Kelly. Not sure if you are. Uh, you made my day by doing this in the car. I hope you're being safe. I just, I love having you on here. Thank you for your awesome questions. Kelly, feel free to ask more. Oscar has a question. What's up, Oscar? I'm going to get to Oscar's question here. Uh, Oscar says, I recently received a job offer. I binge listened to your podcast. You're the third person in the row that has binge listened. Thank you. Hopefully you don't get tired of my voice and the rare bad joke like this one. Listen to your podcast for a day or two prior to the interview. Your tips help me to be more calm and confidence. Thanks so much for all you. Oscar, you just, thank you. You made my day. Everyone here is on here is making my day. Thank you, Oscar. Do you have any questions? I'd love to answer. But thanks just for hopping on and saying something nice. Uh, you're the best. You're awesome. I, I will say, I sometimes post emails I get to the job interview experience. Listening through is going to help you out a lot. I'm not saying that out of, you know, overconfidence. I want to be humble, but I get more emails and I can read on air from people who say that a lot of people say they were making big mistakes, at their job interviews, and this flipped the script for them. And they're now able to accomplish the goals that they had or get better jobs than they had applied for or kind of find those mistakes. So Oscar, here's your question. How do you appear confident, but not arrogant? A lot of this takes practice. And during an interview, it can be hard just to seem confident at all. So some of this is the way that you word things instead of saying, and I do this, instead of saying, I think I can do this, use uh, like present tense stuff. So uh, we're just going to use accounting because that was what the last question was about. So say they say, can you, can you meet deadline for this or that? Can you file this on time? Instead of saying, yeah, I think I can do that. Or yeah, I think I can do that. Say, I'll, I'll get this stuff filed on time. That's what I did at my last job, and I'll, I'll do it here as well. So using responses like, I will, I can. A way to sound confident without sounding arrogant is saying that you've already done that. So if someone says, can you work in Excel or can you work in QuickBooks? You say, of course, that's what I did at my last job. I love it. And one of my goals at my last job and at this new job will be staying on top of that. And, and being your top performer 
with that software, that area, you know, it could be if, you know, if you're hanging drywall, it could be one of my goals is to be uh, not just an efficient drywall hanger, but also one that gets things done ahead of time. And when I do get things ahead of time, I'm going to ask you for the next task to do so that I stand out from for you as a top performer. Confident, but not arrogant. Let me think of more examples. So we already said, you know, I will, you say, I will do this. I can do this. I have done this and then give some results, make some feedback. So someone says, Hey, can you do this or this? Or, you know, what's it, what's it, what are you like in this situation? And say, you know, at my last job, I was actually recognized by my manager and a manager of another department for being able to do this efficiently. Or maybe it's something like I was recognized by a manager of a different apartment uh, for being really good with customers and handling them, you know, when they're having a bad day. So you're, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The, the good thing about that, about to, uh, to sound confident but not arrogant, is that you're using someone else's words instead of your own. So instead of saying, oh, yeah, I'm awesome with customers, I always make them happy, I'm the best, you say, a different manager or my manager or my coworker, whatever it is, uh, recognize me for handling customers really well. I'm going to bring that same enthusiasm for treating customers really well or that same enthusiasm for accuracy. I've already proven that I can do it at the last job. I'm going to do it for you too. Hope that helps, Oscar. If that didn't, if that didn't get to kind of the, what your question was about, let me know if I can get more specific. Don't put your feet on the desk during the interview. That, that would be arrogant. A lot of it's in body language, I think. A lot of it's in how you word things. You have to be careful because you don't want to soften. You don't want to soften things by saying, by trying to sound humble, right? Oh, yeah, I, you know, I think I can do that or that. Or uh, another thing would be like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it my best. You don't want to do that because, you know, giving your, your best, if you, need, if you need someone to, let me think of something I'm really bad at. You need someone to find studs and drywall. The truth is I'll give it my best, but it's not going to be good. For whatever reason, I use a stud finder and I always screw it up. So you don't want to use stuff like that in your interview. You know, I'm talking about my holes in my uh, wall here. What was I rambling about? You want to use this, the positive present tense, either I have. So here's the way to start your step. You say, I will do this. You say, I have done that. Or you say, I've been recognized for doing that. Okay, so uh, Oscar, if I can help any more, please let me know. We have another question. My name is Kelly Joe, or KJ is a nickname. The lead interviewer keeps calling me Kelly in my emails. I called you Kelly. I already screwed this up, too. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Kelly Joe. I like KJ, too. That's a nice, as a strong ring to it. The lead interview keeps calling me Kelly in emails in person. When would be a good time to tell her? I go by Kelly Joe. I don't want to embarrass her. I have an answer for you. And I can't take credit for this because I'm not great at this kind of thing because I wouldn't want to hurt someone's feelings either, embarrass them either. Here's how you do it, KJ. You find a way to, you're going to have to shoehorn this into a conversation. You're going to have to find a way to force this in the conversation. But when they ask you a question and they might say what people say about you, what's one of your strengths, what's one of your weaknesses, find the right time to say this. You say, oh, you know, my boss said to me the other day, or you say, you know, my sister said to me the other day, or whatever. You say, my boss said to me the other day, 
hey jay i like the way that you organize this and then you can you can just say that or you can say my boss said to me the other day kj like oh yeah by the way that's what most people call me kj you're the star employee probably the best question when when this would be is like what's feedback that you've received what is something that you know coworkers have recognized you for so there's actually you're gonna do two really good things here I said this to Oscar earlier. It's always really good to use someone else as proof for your qualifications. So I can say that I'm really good at doing something, and you will, everyone on here will be like, yeah, whatever. If I say, you know, if I say I'm really good at mowing my lawn and I do straight lines, which I don't all that well, you're gonna be like, okay, cool. He thinks that about himself. If I say, oh yeah, my neighbor actually asked me how. To get the lines as straight as he does because mine look really good people are like oh yeah that's, this person does that well because they've been recognized for it and called for it so kj you can do the same thing now you can say you know what's something that you take a lot of pride in you can say actually it's kind of weird but <laughs> i really like getting my lawn to look perfect just the other day my neighbor kevin said to me kj the way you do that looks really good you know what's your technique so that's going to solve the problem for you KJ, and then if you want to, if you think that the message is not going to be received, you can say, my neighbor said to me, KJ, I love the way, oh, and by the way, most people call me KJ or Kelly Joe, whatever you want. I like the way you do that. So that's how you tell people without embarrassing them that they have the wrong name. You're welcome, KJ. Hope that you have a safe rest of your drive. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on while you're commuting or going from here to there. Oscar, thanks for uh, Oscar. Talk about choosing multiple offers, going on interviews after receiving an offer. I guess juggling multiple interviews and opportunities. What are the do's and don'ts of the process? So this is something I actually get a lot of emails about, and it's a tough place to be because here's what most typically happens: is someone will get a job offer. I'm just going to give it a timeline. Someone will get a job offer on a Wednesday. And they have their next interview on a Monday. Oscar, maybe something like that's happened to you. It happens a lot. And what it means is that you're awesome and a lot of people want to talk to you. So what do you do there? I get this question and I tell I tell everyone the same couple of things. One, you can navigate this. And we'll dig into that. So say you have the offer standing. Industry standard is to say, you know, I'd like a day to think about 24 hours, a day or two. And that I would say that that is best, but the big picture is, and I, this is coming from someone who used to hire a lot of people. You don't owe the company anything until you start working there. Once you do start working there. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you should give them some loyalty, right? You have to show up. You, you owe them that you're going to show up every day. You're not just going to, you know, flake the second day. That is your call. But until the, you are signed on as an employee and working there, you don't owe them anything. So with that, so say say that you get this offer on Wednesday, and you can say, can I have a week to think about it? It's not a great look, but maybe, you know, if it's a job that you're not crazy about, but you'd rather have than not, but, you, you know, it's not like your dream job, you can do that. You can say, hey, you know, I know that 24 hours is typical. I have some other big stuff going on this week, man, I need to talk to someone and someone else about this. You mind if I just get back to you next Wednesday? I know that's unusual, but. Uh, I take all of my big life decisions seriously, so I want to think about it. 
that's the first thing you can do. It's not perfect. It's not the best situation, but that buys you time for the next interview. What do you do? So you have that. So that buys you some time. The other thing you can do, and I would not recommend this unless you have to, if the first job says we have this offer for you and you have 24 hours to respond, you can just offer it and then go to the next interview that's coming up in a couple of days. So interviews on Wednesday, they say we need to know by end of the day Thursday. You say, yeah, I accept. And then go to that next interview. And if it's awesome, if you really like the next job, what you can do is you can kind of juggle both. So you accept the offer from the first interview that was on Wednesday. Then you have the interview on Monday. So then in between that, what you can do is prepare for that second interview. You finish the interview with them, and you can say this at the end of the interview. and say, I really like it here. This role in your company is my top choice. I'm going to be truthful with you. I have another job interview. And say, say it like this. I'm going to be truthful with you. I have another job interview. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I actually do. But you're my first choice. I don't want to put any pressure on you. But if you are as interested in me as I am in you, I want you to know that I have to get back this first offer soon. So if you want to move forward quickly, please know that I am on a time. I am on a timeline. Oscar, I hope that helps. I might have a podcast episode where I covered multiple offers. Look for that headline. But that's the way to do it. You do have options, so don't worry about that. We had uh, Oscar. Oscar just asked, how can we best support you? I'd say the number one thing you can do is, and you can help two people at once, post about this on, so post about the job interview experience on social media. Oscar, as this has helped you, it can help more people who don't know about it. That, that would be what I ask. Share this, you know, wherever you have friends, maybe type a little bit about your experience if you like it. This helps people out. And I've said this on the podcast before, there are, there are a number of the podcasts out there are part of a corporation. They're part of a group or a media company. This is just me. Uh, I do this all myself. And so I enjoy doing it. Oscar, love helping you out. But it's kind of a budget to, to get the word out or, you know, any anyone to feature me anywhere. So, yeah, it was word of mouth. Let your friends know, whether that be in person or post to social media. And if you do that, give me a shout out and I'll figure out something cool to give you in return. When I say shout out, you can tag me on Instagram or Facebook or write me on jobinterviewexperience.com slash contact and send a screenshot or just tell me that you shared on social media. I'll figure out something cool to try and share with you. Too. Thanks for asking. That was really nice of you. Hey, Oscar, you have a good weekend too. I hope that you get in contact. Follow at job interview experience on Instagram. I mostly just post funny like memes about the job search. I don't post too much, so I'm not going to bug you. Say hi. Send a message. Say hello. And uh, we'll stay in touch. And also, if you have any questions, you can ask me on there, too. I hope we stay in touch. And then tell me about the success you have in your job search and job applications. Just the fact that you're digging in like this. I said this on the podcast. You're already ahead of the curve. You're going to do awesome. And I'm here to help you in the meantime. So hope you have an awesome weekend. And hope to hear from you again soon. Hey, Jay. Thanks, Matthew, for all your help. I owe you a review and a shout out. Would love a link to follow up as well. Have a great weekend. Kelly, you don't owe me anything. I'm here to help you. I'm so glad that you got on here. What you can do if you want to get in contact 
go to jobinterviewexperience.com, jobinterviewexperience.com. The link to that's in almost every podcast episode's description. You get a contact there, shoot me a message. If you do a review and shout out, I would love it, but you don't have to do that. It would mean a lot. So thanks for getting on. And if you have more questions, just send them over to me, jobinterviewexperience.com slash contact, or you can find the contact in there and I will get back to you. Thank you, everybody, for asking your questions. You made my day. I didn't know who would jump on here. So thank you. I'm here to help. I'll be here to help. Once the live Q&A is over, you know how to get a hold of me. Thanks, everybody. Have an awesome week. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.